you are listening to KAOP AM 1045. My name is Danny, and this is Accents on Purpose, a weekly radio show that brings you stories of the DIY scene of Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, and beyond. I am so excited for this week's guest. She has been documenting her walks around Seattle neighborhoods via comics since 2017 and if you have not seen them please go to instagram and follow seattle walk report and see what i'm talking about Uh, after a few years of doing these she's shifted gears and she started researching and making comics about seattle history drawing pictures of buildings she admires and making hyper local valentine's day cards She is also a delightful person to have a conversation with. And why am I still talking when I can just play the interview? Uh, My guest is uh, Susanna Ryan, uh, also known as Seattle Walk Report. Uh, Hello. Hello. Um, So uh, most of my listeners will probably have an idea of who you are, but uh, just in case there's uh, a few that do not. Uh, Can you kind of explain what Seattle Walk Report was and kind of how it started? Sure, yeah. So my name is Susanna, and in 2017, I started a comic on Instagram called Seattle Walk Report. Uh, It kind of started after I fell in love with walking earlier in the year. I had never been much of a walker before. I kind of um, was your total pick blast for gym class type, and I kind of thought, oh, the outdoors, it's just not for me. And then one day in 2017, something compelled me out the door one day, and it just all clicked for me right away. Something about suddenly not having a destination or an idea in mind of where I would go or what I would see really opened up um, a lot for me. And after a while, I mean, every time I had a day off of work or whatever, I would just spend all day wandering around. And after a while, everything was sort of blending together in my head. So I got the idea to start doing a what I kind of saw as an illustrated travel journal for Seattle, just documenting my walks, where I walked, what I saw, that sort of thing, if I ate anything delicious or whatever. (laughs) Um, And then I had intended to keep it to myself, but then after making the first one, I just had this feeling, (laughs) I'm very good at uh, not sharing things with other people. That was my creative life pretty much before then, was pretty much (laughs) just for myself. But there was something about it where I was just like, ah, just just do it, just put it out there. And even if nobody finds it or cares, I just kind of wanted it to be out there um, in case it was of interest to anyone. <laughs> so I did that and it just kind of all uh, took off from there. I kept walking and kept making comics and people kept finding out about it somehow and following along. Um, so yeah. that was the origin story of it all. Yeah, but I mean, so one of the things though that, is so great about it is the thing you document are is kind of the stuff that maybe people don't see or ignore such as like how many mailboxes you passed or you know uh there's a lot of stuff about dogs there's a lot of stuff about like you know trash yeah or <laughs> i'm very like passionate that. about trash yeah yeah so um i guess well actually one of my first questions is did, before going on walks did you uh like document these sort of things before I mean not these sort of things but like in your life did you like keep tallies of things before or did that kind of come up with the walking too I've always kind of been interested in 
collecting data on mundane things. Um, like when I was a kid, I was really into, you know, it's, it's a regional thing, what you call them. I call them potato bugs. What do you call, uh, some people call them pill bugs, roly polies. Do you know I'm, what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about? I, yes, I'm, I, uh, we call them potato bugs. Where I'm okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the potato bug camp too. So like, I'd be interested in like, if I lift up a rock, how many potato bugs are under there? and like kind of keeping track of that sort of thing and not really telling anybody about it. Um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of an interesting way to relate to your environment or to slow down and think about things in a different way, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I guess I always have been kind of attracted to the, the overlooked details of things rather than the, like interested in a corner of a picture rather than the whole thing, something like that. Yeah. Well, but I mean, because it's great, because like, you know, some of my favorites have been like, um, like streets named after trees, mm-hmm. three. And it's yeah. also, <laughs> a lot of the, the tallies that you do, they don't amount to that many, but it's just that there was enough of them. Um, would, do, do you ever start on, like, when you start on a walk, do you start like counting things and then it never like adds up to enough? Like, like how, how do you- Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, yeah, so basically how it usually goes. So when I leave for a walk, I have my little notepad um, and I have my pencil and maybe I see something that's like mm, somewhat remarkable, but not really like by itself. It's not really that amazing, like say a deflated balloon or something. <laughs> yes. I'll kind of make a note and I'll be like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting, but it's not really going to go in the notebook. You know, the notebook yeah. is sacred. So I <laughs> will. uh if I then go a couple more blocks and I see another deflated balloon, I'm like, hmm, all right. And I put deflated balloons in my little notebook and do two tallies. And then from there, I'm kind of more on the lookout for deflated balloons. But what happens often is that something else more exciting will kind of take over. Like suddenly I'll start seeing a bunch of like, I don't know, uh, erasers or something yeah. on the sidewalk. And that's just way more exciting to me for some calculated reason that I can't quite figure out. Um, so then I kind of forget about the deflated balloons and I move on to the erasers or whatever. It's really riveting stuff. And then, so, so I mean, one of the things, uh, uh, like the, I really, enj- you know, as soon as I found out about Seattle Walk Park, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I think one of the reasons is because like when I go and walk around, I have this problem where I kind of like anthropomorphize inanimate objects oh yeah and like so like sometimes like i'll see like two cars parked next to each other and it looks like they're mad at each other mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're just two cars yeah <laughs> um so but then it's funny when um or there's like you know a, you know it's like a it's just a chair on the sidewalk so do you have like when you are just walking around your neighborhood like not necessarily going on a like one of your walk walks yeah do you like ever like obsess about things that are just like like do you like just see something and it's like there for like three days or four days and you kind of just are kind of get like obsessed with it oh yeah uh I uh (laughs) there's so many things that I've just been like kind of uh I saw it maybe like three months ago and I check every not every day but I just happen to walk along and see it every so often and see that it's still there and just wondering how much longer it's going to be there um, one of my favorite early comics was um, this Gatorade bottle that had been at the Capitol Hill Light Rail Station. I, I do, I do remember. I remember <laughs> it, and I remember the comic about it. Yeah, 
<laughs> um, I think what I liked about that was because I, I had been keeping track of it even before I started the comic. And so I was able to like, remember all the seasons I had gone through with this Gatorade bottle at the Capitol Hill light rail station. And then one day it was just mysteriously gone. So I did like the Gatorade bottle throughout the seasons and then it suddenly was no longer there. Um, so there's a ton of things like that in my neighborhood where I'm just like, how long is this going to be there? Or, yeah. you know, this box of Jello has been in the little free library for months. When is somebody finally going to take the plunge, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things uh, when I see stuff, because there's two stories that you'll never know. How it got there <laughs> and where it went. Yeah. And, like, especially with furniture. Like, where does all this furniture go? I know. It must go somewhere. Because, I mean, most, I don't want to say most of the time, it's... Uh, not the most appealing furniture on the planet. Most, no, I'm, but, I will, I'll, I'll say it. I will, I will take the controversy and I'll say it. I don't, yeah, I don't want to get canceled because of my feelings about sidewalk furniture. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it is surprising. I kind of wonder where, where things go. I also, there are certain things where I just think that like we have enough of them and they should stop being produced. Like there's enough on the planet. Um, one of them is like those little Fisher Price cars with the yellow roofs. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? They're oh, like yeah, little yeah, plastic, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I'm like, I think we have enough of these and that if we came up with some sort of sharing program, like we would be set for life on these little uh, Fisher Price cars, but I'm not in charge. Um, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I completely agree. And it's, I think the, the chairs, it seems like I just feel, that there's always chairs being left. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so something else about your comic was uh, for the first, like, long, like over a year, you were anonymous, right? You. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I reached out to you to interview you, and you're like, hey, I'm not telling anyone who I am for a while. And I was like, oh, that, wow, that makes it even kind of like better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, originally when you decided to do that, was that just be like, what was the, what was the idea? Like, or was it a decision to not do it or did you just, no one knew who you were and you kind of like realized that that was more comfortable? Well, when I first started, I really didn't think that, um, anyone other than people who knew me would follow it. So like maybe my mom and some coworkers or whatever. And so I felt pretty certain that they would know it was me. And so I didn't need to put my name on it. And then it started to grow beyond just that group of people. And I still didn't have my name on it. And then I think the first person who interviewed me was Paul Constant from the Seattle Review of Books. And he asked me, I think it was maybe like four or five months into making the comic. And he was like, so I've noticed that you don't put your name on this. And I was like, huh, yeah, I guess he's right. Like, I haven't yeah. like really said who I was. And so then it was just kind of like, I said to him something like, well, you can put my name on it or not. And he's like, um, uh, I'll just keep it, you know, anonymous or whatever. And you can decide what you want to do or whatever. So I was like, okay. And then it just kind of <laughs> grew from there. So I really didn't um, intend it. It just sort of happened. And actually we were going to publish the book anonymously too. And it was a very, very last minute, like 11th hour, stop the presses, kind of <laughs> like, I'm going to stick my name on it thing. Yeah. But I wrote the whole thing with the idea in mind that my name wouldn't be on it. So it was kind of weird to suddenly be like, oh, wait, I have to kind of like take ownership of this bizarre book I just made, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so did, was there, before you like let your name out, did you hear people ever talk about Seattle Walk Report around you? Like, did you ever hear 
like anyone at work or like did yes <laughs> so, like, so what was that like <laughs> yeah one of my early and it was like pretty early on it was just a couple of months in I was on the light rail and the two people <laughs> in front of me were talking about it and with a tr- hearing one of them try to d- explain to the other one what it was it was like yeah so it's like okay so like you know when you go on a walk and like sometimes you see stuff and they're like yeah and it's like well it's like that like there are dogs uh it's pretty good it's 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 kind of funny sometimes. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, this is amazing. And then there's been other times, like um, even after I've uh, you know now have my name and stuff out there. Yeah. I'll still like uh, at Goodwill. Like a year ago, I heard somebody in the book aisle trying to explain it to somebody else, and that was pretty fun too. So yeah, I mean, it was weird. It was weird. There were times where I knew I was among people who were fans of the comic, but didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt like Harriet the Spy a little bit. Um, so great. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was really cool because you kind of got to hear the more like honest, I guess, or just kind of unfiltered yeah. feelings about the comic. So that was interesting. Uh, and then the, so, but, and then it's, what's interesting too, is that the book, it, your first book, it's not like a collection of your comics. Yeah. It's all original. Cause I actually thought that that's what it was going to be is just like a, you know, but it's all like, well, you can just, you describe it. It's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, it's funny because I think that the publisher of the book thought that too, that it was yeah. going to be mostly repurposed comics with a bunch of new stuff. And I don't know, I don't know. I've had some things on the internet that I've loved in the past. And then they're like, oh, I've got a book coming out. And you're like, yeah, I'm so excited. And then you get it and like, yeah, it's cool. And I'm happy for them to have a book and whatever, but it's like all stuff that you've seen before basically. Yeah. Um, and there's like value to that and whatever, but I just didn't, it was like, wow, this is probably the only opportunity I'm ever going to get to make a book like this and to make a book that is like so totally me. And it just didn't feel right, I guess, to put stuff that had been, even like if, you know, there's some stuff on Instagram that I'm super duper proud of and I'd love to see it in a book, you know, but I just, uh, it just felt right to just have a fresh start and have it kind of be its own thing um, instead of just stuff that people had seen before. And so you, you kind of just, you, you took all of the Seattle neighborhoods and you kind of like made pages about those neighborhoods that's right yeah so like on instagram usually usually it's just like a single panel for lack of a better word uh documenting say seven mile walk from lake city way to i don't know fremont or whatever Mm -hmm. and in the book what i wanted to do instead was kind of i don't know there's a lot of stuff that instagram just isn't a great format for you can't really go into a lot of detail on stuff a lot of the times you're competing with attention with i don't know like ads for weight loss supplements or whatever. And so you kind of have to be thoughtful about what you put on there. And so the book was a great opportunity to kind of be like, okay, I have more space. I'm not limited to these little squares. What can I do with this space that I can't do on Instagram? So yeah, each neighborhood that I walked in got its own section of like eight pages or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just allowed me to, you know, explore it a little bit more and get into a little bit more detail. And then for the book, did you start from scratch with those neighborhoods or did you go back and like rely on your notes? Yeah, I did. I did all new walks for that. Um, 
it, it was a real whirlwind because I was like walking the book and making the book at the same time. So like certain sections were completely done and I hadn't even walked around Bellevue yet or whatever. <laughs> um, and it was just I a mean, really- Not surprising that's the- <laughs> <laughs> not Yeah, yeah. Putting, kicking that can down the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of a weird experience. It was pretty intense um, just to do that and work my regular job and do the Instagram stuff because I don't know, publishing is weird and they don't, especially with this because um, I was anonymous and we weren't sure what we were going to do with the anonymous factor in it. I didn't want to tell people I was working on a book. So, yeah. you know, it was just a lot to try to do all at once, but so, somehow so I pulled it off. Was, it, was there anyone like in your life that you outed yourself to that you were like I have to tell you I'm actually <laughs> oh, that's, or, or, is, or is it I don't think so okay. I think there were times where I came really close <laughs> um, especially like there are certain people that I you know had I mean I think you've been following me for a pretty darn long time I think the first time you contacted me to be on here was like four months into me doing it so like there are certain people who I know have kind of like been there from the beginning um, who I've developed kind of not relationships with, but we've got a good thing going in the Instagram messages or whatever. Yeah. Um, and one of the time I knew what I knew what they looked like and I saw them at QFC and I was like, this <laughs> so weird to like, <laughs> to not just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm Seattle Walk Report or whatever. But I don't know. I think That's I just really got cool. to a point where it was just like, just save it. And someday... <laughs> you know, I'll have my opportunity to yeah. tell the world well, who I am or whatever. Well, getting back to like the beginning when you were anonymous, I remember uh, it was like the first Thanksgiving after you had started and the night, the day before Thanksgiving, I was at like this, like this house for like a mini party and there's other comics writers there. Well, I'm not, there's comics writers there. I'm not one. And we were talking about it and it was funny because we were all like, is it someone that we know that's being secretive? And it's like, <laughs> and then someone even said like, I mean, it has to be someone we know. Right. Or does that sound like snobby? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, I mean, for a while it was really great because it was this like surprise, like mystery. And uh, there was one time, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong now, but there was one time where there was someone uh, in the record store I work at, and I, I thought it might be you only because they looked like um, how you draw yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that they were talking to me about finding something in a free box. Oh, interesting. Like, and I was like, oh, my God, this might this might be. And I was almost <laughs> I was going to do it by saying, like, so do you make comics? Uh, <laughs> but, but then I didn't. And then once I did see what you look like, I was like, oh, that's a totally different person. So uh, it <laughs> one was just... time in <laughs> one time in the comic I did um, uh, before, you know, my face was out there. I saw somebody who looked exactly like me on one of my walks, like exactly <sighs> like me. And so I put in the comic that I saw my doppelganger and there was a drawing of me, how I always draw myself. And yeah. then 
this other person, how I draw myself and we were just kind of looking at each other. And I got probably like more messages than I've ever gotten at any point in my Instagram life. Like probably a hundred people sending me pictures of themselves and saying, was it me? Was it me? (laughs) And they don't know what I, you know, it was basically like short hair and glasses. So it was just like a wild uh, array of of people being like, oh, please tell me it was me. I'm like, oh no, sorry. It wasn't any of you. Oh my God. That's that's (laughs) like... That's like when people used to, when there was like uh, misconnections in the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, if you ever do an art show, you should have like a separate wall that's just all of those photos. Like ask people yeah. for permission, but then just have all yeah. of those photos. <laughs> that's a great idea. I need to dig them up now. Um, so now, uh, just like a few like kind of like, you know, g- generic questions. Do, do you think that there's a better season to make the comic? Like, because I feel like fall is your time to shine, but I could be wrong. And yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like it when you write about pumpkins. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of fall. It's definitely my favorite season. And I love, um, I love Halloween decorations and I love pumpkins and I love leaves and I love the whole thing. Um, I think I might sometimes I feel like I love it too much to um, be able to take a step back and look at my environment a little bit. Like I just kind of am too enthralled by the leaves and stuff that I can't focus enough to make a good comic (laughs) or whatever. Um, I think each season has its own, um, you know, perks um, and drawbacks, but I would say fall is my favorite and it does kind of change. I think I always kind of at the end of summer, I always feel like, Oh, winter of Seattle walk report is coming. And like, (laughs) I don't know, just kind of, it feels like the end of the year or something when the summer ends and we're getting into the colder, darker days of Seattle walk report. Doing all this walking. Have you ever been hit by a car? (laughs) <laughs> well, yes, I have. Oh, really? uh, actually, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I know you. I know you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I just two months ago, it was early March. I was at Harvard and Harrison. So like just a block off of Broadway, a little bit behind the QFC there, a block away from the Capitol Hill Library. And I was just minding my own beeswax and doing my thing. And uh, usually what I do when I'm approaching an intersection and a car is also approaching the intersection is I either just stop and let them go or I make eye contact with them. Um, and then I start to walk. And I thought that I, like, I, I think that the driver just really didn't see me because I came up to the corner, they stopped. So I started to walk. And then just next thing I knew they were plowing me over. Um, and there was a like QFC security person outside who just kind of like whistled and walked away like in a cartoon or something. (laughs) I'm like in the middle of the road and um, some good Samaritan runs up and is like helping me up and the driver gets out of the car. And I mean, I almost feel worse for this guy than I do for myself because (laughs) I don't know. He just looked like just kind of like a tired dad type and, uh, you know, he was like, oh my gosh, I was on my way to get coffee and, uh," you know, and uh, the 
good Samaritan told me I was like bleeding from my head. So I was like, oh, geez. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he ended up being like a really nice guy. And I texted him later to let him know I was okay. I ended up going, you know, and getting stitched up or whatever. And I texted him and I let him know that I was okay. And he said, well, you know, I brewed some special Christmas beer for Christmas. Do you want me to bring you some Christmas beer? And I was like, no, uh, <laughs> but you can, pre- you can pre-order my next book. That's and so awesome. then I sent him the link to, you know, Elliot Beta, order my next book. So uh, I guess that's what you have to do to sell books these days. <laughs> get <it in. laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, is a, that, that is a great segue to your new book. So yes. um, please tell us about your new book. Uh, I'm not used to talking about it yet. I feel like with books, you end up talking about them so many times that you kind of develop a little uh, speech for them. And I haven't quite figured this one out yet. Well, you know, after my first book came out, um, I had been so focused on that for so long. I couldn't really see a life after the book because I had just like poured so much time into it. So then the book comes out and it's suddenly like, oh, wow, like the sun still shines and like I'm still here. And like, what do I want to do? And I just, I felt like I had kind of in some ways done what I had set, not like I set out to make a book because I did not imagine that at all, but I just felt like I had kind of, like it was the end of an era almost. Like I had my, this beautiful book I could hold in my hands and say that I made and stuff. So I really wasn't sure my publisher had it on the table where it's like, well, we can talk about doing another book if you want to you know, but obviously you don't have to. And I was going back and forth on that. Um, And then it's kind of, it's not really a long story, but um, I was walking along on Capitol Hill one night and it was like a couple of weeks after my book had come out and I saw something on the side of a building at 14th and Pike. And I'd never seen it before, even though it was the, um, you know, the artificial limbs company building. Yes. Um, So it was that building. And I think that Love City Love was there for a while. And then they, at this time, I think they had just moved out. So it was a vacant building. And I've walked by that building a million times. And I saw something I'd never noticed before. And on the side of this building, there was this tiny little door. And I crouched down and looked at the door. And on the door, there was this little emblem. And it said, T.F. Clark, Seattle, Washington, Clark's Coal Shoot, patented July 24th, 1906. And so I was like, I'm in love with this little coal shoot door. <laughs> and so I Google Clark's Coal Shoot, Clark's Coal Shoot, and there are no results on all of the internet. So I'm like, I just have to figure out, like, I can't say no to a local coal shoot, you know? <laughs> and so then I like become obsessed with this coal shoot. I'm like researching the heck out of it. I'm doing it for fun. I'm not doing it for any reason, you know? And I didn't even think I would put it on like the Instagram comment because it was just a little bit too like uh, mundane or something. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what, what it was about this coal shoot that just like took over. So then a couple la- weeks later, I returned in the daytime to get a better photo of the coal shoot because I had just taken a crappy one on my phone and it was gone, replaced oh. by a p- piece of plywood. And there was a big old dumpster nearby. And it was like, <sighs> this coal shoot has been on the side of this building for over a hundred years. I find it, I fall in love with it and it's, com- it's gone like two weeks later. And I've never quite had a moment <laughs> like that. Like, you know, there are these people inside with hammers, like tearing it up inside to like refurbish it or whatever. And I just stood there and I was just shocked. So I 
I know this is <laughs> kind of a long story, but oh, no, keep going. Uh, I was really, <laughs> I was just really devastated by this coal shoot. And I started to look around me and it was like some like sequence in a movie, like a beautiful mind or something where like, I'm looking at the, the street lamp all of a sudden, and I'm looking at the utility poles and I'm looking at these parts of my environment. I've been so into kind of the ephemeral stuff for so long, like the socks, the yeah. <laughs> random trash, whatever that I felt like, oh my gosh, there's been this whole other world right under my nose of the more like not permanent because nothing's permanent, but like these more permanent parts of like infrastructure and the city and stuff that I've just kind of not really been noticing at all. And then I saw another Clark's coal shoot on Capitol Hill. And then I saw another one and another one and all over these different apartment buildings and other buildings around Capitol Hill, you can find this coal shoot made by this local guy uh, in the 1900s. And for some reason, it felt like, it felt like I had like stumbled across this thing that <laughs> it was like changing how I was now going on walks and viewing things because I was like really looking hard at like the buildings and the doorways and the sidewalks and all these different things. And I just like sat down one night and I made a list of all these things that I was curious about like fire hydrants or, you know, utility poles or whatever. Yeah. And before I knew it, I just had an outline for a book basically. And so I sent it to the editor who had done Seattle Walk Report. And I was like, what do you think about this? And she was like, sounds great. And then <laughs> it all kind of uh, went from there. So I don't know. It was really, um, it was just really a moment of inspiration started by that coal shoot. And then around that same time, um, I saw somebody on Instagram post a comment. Somebody had posted a picture of the great wheel down on the waterfront, the yeah. Ferris wheel. And somebody made a comment under it that was like, wow, today I learned that the Ferris, that the great wheel was uh, opened in 2013 or 2012 or whatever. I thought it was from the 1970s. That's hilarious. And I was like, like I don't <laughs> I don't need people to like know really or care about history but I think that there's like great benefit to knowing and caring about history when it comes to appreciating your city and the yeah. idea that like someone could think that the Great Wheel has been on the waterfront since the 1970s like scares me <laughs> and so I just I guess I suddenly realized that I kind of had a little bit of like power um where I had um built up a good enough reputation with this thing that was kind of adjacent to like Seattle history that I might be able to kind of take more of a plunge into Seattle history without people noticing <laughs> because yeah. that's always been kind of a secondary interest of mine, but it's one that I think I've been a little bit more afraid to bring into the comic because it is kind of, um, I think a lot of people have already decided in their minds whether history is something that they're into or not. And I think part of me wants to reach out to the people who think that there's nothing in there for them and be like, there is there's magic in history everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds yeah, I mean, like I, mean I don't, I, I think that actually it just, it just takes the right story from history to perk someone's interest. Yeah, definitely. I also think that it's funny because a lot of times 
the thing like people will watch you know whatever like a like like a world war ii documentary or like there's all like the really big things that like baseball or jazz yeah yeah documentaries but yeah like someone's uh neighborhood or even just like their street has a rich history it's just there's like no one there to 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 go through the information like go through the information collect the story and present it um yeah and i feel like seattle is especially bad at um plaques <laughs> like it seems like i go to other cities and there are like plaques for everything and here it's like we're very hidden about history the good the bad um and so i don't blame people for not knowing more um it's just a shame because i think that if people did they would have so much more to appreciate about the city uh yeah uh, very true, especially in a, at a place that, you know, buildings are coming down uh, fast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, so, and then is there a date, is there a release date for the book or? Yeah, it yeah. comes out August 3rd. So not too long from now, just a oh couple months. I know. You might I'm even, nervous. It might I haven't even held it in my hands like, yet. You might even be able to do like an event. Or I no. know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, we just seriously don't know yet what yeah. things are going to look like, but they'll, you know, if, if nothing else, there'll be some exciting zoom thing or whatever. Um, but it would be really fun to be able to, uh, celebrate in person. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I, so when you had your main book launch at the public library, I, I had, I'd been out of town for like two weeks and I couldn't like get one more day off of work. But uh, I know several people. It was funny, actually, because I was working and so many people had gone to the event and then they were coming home and they were all stopping in the store to say hi and telling me about it. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, that's, this, is great. this is the seventh person to tell me about this <laughs> event that I couldn't go to. But uh, so, I mean, your book is I mean, it was so it took off very quickly. Like they're like the bookstores were literally running out of it. Right. Yeah. I mean. We, um, so the day of that launch at the Central Library, I mean, that was so wild to me because I really had no idea what to expect. And I don't think that anybody did. Um, and so to see, <laughs> you know, the auditorium packed in the way that it was, was completely just wild. And something that I really think about fondly now with everything that's happened in the last year and a half, it was just so nice to have that moment. Did, but yeah, I mean, like, did they have to like open up another section? Yeah, it's like, I didn't even know that they could do that. But yeah, like, you know, poor central librarians running around like, we need to open up the extra, you know, seating or whatever. Yeah, um, all the like, before I even gave my presentation that night, all the books that Elliot Bay had brought were sold out. And someone from Sasquatch, the publisher, like ran to the office, which was a couple blocks away to grab whatever ones they could find in there. Um, and so... Yeah. <laughs> like the, co um, the copies that were like given to employees or pull yeah, them out exactly. of their Yeah, exactly. They're like, grab them off the shelf, you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And she's like coming back all sweaty and, you know, with all these books or whatever. But I mean, yeah, it ended up being on the, for like two glorious weeks, it outsold Michelle Obama's book in Pacific Northwest bookstores. And yeah, oh, her book had been out. <laughs> her book had been out for like a while. I'm not crying for Michelle, but yeah. uh, it was extremely unexpected um, to have that sort of response. Uh, no, and and I, I will. I was saying at the time, com completely, just completely deserved. Oh, thank um, you. So, just a few more things. Uh, 
one, you know, you're really good at, uh, you know, telling a story in a small amount of space. Have you ever thought about doing fiction or do you just like to document uh, reality? I think I'm, I'm mostly, I think in a lot of areas of my life, I'm more into reality. Like I'm more into nonfiction. I'm more into documentaries. I'm more into that sort of thing. There are so many wonderful fiction writers out there um, that I think I'd rather have them do that. And for me to stick with what I am really passionate about, there's a chance I would change my mind on that, but I just find reality a lot more interesting most of the time. Um, and then, you know, and th so like one of the things too that uh, I remember, I think it was like a, maybe like a, I don't know if it was a turning point is the right uh, way to say it, but you, when you did the Seattle sign report, or is that what mm -hmm. it was called? Like you just did all like signs. I think they were all in Capitol Hill. Yeah. Was that the yeah. first time you kind of did something like that? Because I just remember like, all of them look perfect and they were all signs <laughs> that like I appreciate like I know that the one that got me was the the Diane Apartments oh yeah I love uh, that sign with the missing letter like it had the yes. missing letters <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um I think that I don't know if that was the first time but I think that was around the time that I realized that stuff like that is just as worth documenting as other things. I mean, it's so much of what makes up a neighborhood and kind of people's day-to-day -day experiences in that neighborhood are the little things like the signs or whatever. Um, and so, it, yeah, it could be that that was kind of me exploring other things. I think it's hard with Instagram because you, if you get known for doing a particular sort of thing, you kind of don't know if people will like whatever you decide to do next or yeah. if you want to do variants on that thing. And you don't want people to go, oh, I like you better when you, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I, I think I've been kind of like scared at various points to do slight pivots. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I think it's worked out so far and people ha don't totally hate me yet. So. And then there's also like you, there's one other one I want to say. So you did one about like, it was like a Seattle history and it was like your birthday. It was like the day oh, yeah. that you were born. But then you also, it was about like a little kid who like <laughs> pulled a fire, was it like pulled a fire alarm or something? Yeah. Um, that was basically, um, I, I really love reading old Seattle Times editions, like, searching the database and finding interesting old articles and stuff. And I think on that one, I was just like, I wonder if anything really mundane has ever happened on my birthday. Um, <laughs> and of course something has, but I think what was so charming about it was like, there was this whole big long article, this kid, it was like 1920s or 1930s or something pulls a fire alarm box on first hill just because he wanted to see the firefighters come. <laughs> and then when they arrived, he was like, vroom, vroom, look at the truck. And like, there was just something so like, and then there's a photo of him like pointing at the um, call box with yeah. the Seattle Times, you know, reporter taking his little photo or whatever. And it was just so like stupid and cute. Um, I don't know. I think part of me like, likes to shine the light on lesser known little stories like that, like the everyday stuff that isn't necessarily... Uh, hasn't stood the test of time when it comes to what's newsworthy, you know, yeah. just to remind people that like,
people have been living lives here and doing their thing for long before you got here and they'll be doing it long after, you know? Uh, has anyone from another city invited you to come document their city? Like, has like the mayor of Portland uh, <laughs> emailed you and, say, and asked you to do a, a Portland walk report? Yes, me and the mayor of Portland are very close. We're best <laughs> friends. <laughs> we text every night. Uh, yeah, uh, no, actually. It seems like outside of Seattle, uh, like <laughs> no one cares at all about Seattle Walk Report, which is understandable. Um, it's, I mean, it's, the jokes are very, you know, localized. That, yeah. <laughs> it would be a little, you know, difficult, I think. Yeah, I certainly enjoy uh, going to other cities and doing walk reports. It's not quite the same, but anytime I travel, um, I basically just want to spend all my time walking anyway, because it seems like the best way to get to know a city. Um, but I've never been invited, unfortunately. But oh. if anybody out there is a mayor. We'll see uh, what we can do about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so then I know that you, you are a tea drinker, right? You don't, you don't like coffee. You just drink tea. I actually do drink both coffee and tea. Okay. I used to be purely a tea drinker, but the, you know, coffee has been slowly taking over, especially this last year. Well, I, I so I want to, in non-pandemic times, where yes. is the best place to get like a tea? Like where, where do you enjoy getting a tea? I used to love, um, what was that place on 15th on Capitol Hill? Um, like, Victrola? No, there was a tea place there near oh, the, the subway. By the subway, yeah. yeah. Oh, that... I, I do, I do know a place you're talking about. I actually um, was supposed to meet someone there, uh, and I got there early. And I, I mean, I drink black tea, and that's mm -hmm. like that's that's fine for me. And I remember just like seeing the board, and there's like there's so many, and I was like getting intimidated. And yeah. then she showed up and she's like, this, isn't this place great? And I was like having anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I really, I really like that place. And I don't know that I've found a place since then that has hit the same uh, chord for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, you know, I've got my nice fancy teapot at home and um, I really like going to market spice at Pike place market. I know oh. that's so like, Ooh. but it's like the they've got some really unique sorts of flavors and things so I like to have my little home brew uh routine there but yeah I don't know it, it seems hard to find a good basic sort of cup of tea around here uh do you bring snacks when you go on your walks because you go for like five ten miles yeah um I do yeah I'm I forget a lot of the time so then I end up <clears throat> excuse me stopping at like you know some weird Safeway or whatever in Wallingford or whatever um but yeah I usually will bring like some nuts or some fruit or stuff like that and lots of water um but I just I try to keep it light in terms of not adding a bunch of extra weight for my walks yeah do you still play the game of, uh, is that my dentist or that's not my dentist? <laughs> you know, I, I and swear. And does he know I that you my... play the game? No, I think he would be delighted if he did know. I don't exactly know how to like broach the subject with him. Um, he's can a great you, guy. Can you explain to the listeners what that game is? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, I believe the game is called, that's not my dentist. Okay. 
And it's just when I see people who look like my dentist and then upon closer, <laughs> upon a closer look, it is uh, in fact not my dentist. Um, one time it was my dentist, oh. but I don't think I made a comic about that. And he oh, didn't man. see me. And I also feel like uh, when I... <laughs> When I first started going to the dentist that I go to now, there was a little questionnaire to fill out. And the, one of the questions was, if there was one thing you could fix about your smile, what would it be? And I wrote something oh like, I, I know, isn't that strange? Uh, <laughs> and I wrote something like, I would have titanium teeth <laughs> so I could eat candy forever and never get cavities or something like that. And I know that he reads, so I've been going to this place for like 10 years now. And I know that he reads the file before I come in. Cause he'll always be like, how about those titanium teeth? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, like, can't, <laughs> can't I make a joke around here? Like, oh my and then, God. so every time I have to be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. So I can eat candy forever. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I think I need to find a new dentist. Just kidding. I love my dentist, but I do feel like I see him everywhere. If you imagine a dentist in your head, that's, that's him. Uh, that's very good. Okay. So I've, I've had you on for a long time. I just have three more questions, three more okay. questions, and then I'll let you go. One, uh, well, this one is this more, can you explain? You learned or figured out that utility poles have dates on them. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you explain that to the, to the listeners? Cause this actually, this really fascinated me. Yes. So it's a common practice. It's not just in Seattle, but upon, upon, you know, across pole workers everywhere, pole installers everywhere, that when utility poles get up, they uh, are marked with a date nail, which typically is the last two digits of the four-digit year that they were installed. So if it was 1997, you'd see a 9-7 on the pole, or if it was, you know, 1970, you'd see a 70. And if you look closely at utility poles now, um, you can still see a lot of those date nails. Sometimes they've fallen out, sometimes they've gone missing or whatever. Um, but it's actually really fun and interesting to walk along a street and you can kind of tell something about the street by seeing like, oh, isn't it interesting that all these utility poles were put in in 1968? That must mean that in 1968, they repaved this road or did something here. So yeah, they're just these little date nails. And even still, it's the practice of uh, the Seattle Department of Transportation transportation to put in the date nails, even though they have more sophisticated means of keeping track <laughs> of when the utility poles went up. What's, what's the oldest one you've seen? I believe it's from, it's from between 1940 and 1945. I think okay. it's 42 or 43 and it's on something like 18th and Dearborn. Okay. And I did the math and it's something like Seattle's population has more than doubled since that utility pole was installed. Oh, and it's also just weird to think that like, when that utility pole was installed, like we were in the midst of World War II, like we yeah. didn't know how it was going to end. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird to think about that utility pole. It's just been sitting there that entire time. A little bit concerning, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but also just kind of interesting to think about everything they, that that utility pole has seen. They built them to last back then. They, they yeah. Built them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but no, so. it is. I mean, that's, and that's one of the things is like, it is fascinating to think that when the person was pounding that in, World War II was happening and yeah. his, you know, family and friends were probably going off to fight and uh, they had no idea what was coming up. 
I think about that all the time. There's uh, one thing I talk about in my upcoming book is sidewalk stamps. I don't know if you've ever seen these, if you've ever been walking along the sidewalk and looking down. And it used to be a practice to stamp the contractor's name into the pavement. Okay. And so um, you can actually find them around the city. And one of the big, uh, big people of the Seattle sidewalk scene in the 1900s and 1910s was this guy named Robert Sparger. And this guy was obsessed with concrete. It was like his whole <laughs> life. He ended up <laughs> building the entire first floor home or first floor of his Queen Anne home out of concrete. That's, and uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I know I'm like, what are you up to Robert Sparger? Uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, I'll, so I'll see these stamps all around the city and I'll think whoever paved the sidewalk over a hundred years ago and dunked their little stamp into it had no idea that I would be here today, like in this city, on this street that they paved looking at this, you yeah. know, it's, it's amazing to think about that sort of stuff, infrastructure type stuff that carries through quietly throughout generations or whatever. Uh, no, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, uh, so an 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 annual event in Seattle Walk Report report is your Valentine's Day cards. Mm -hmm. uh, just how did that come about? Because I I think the one that I always chuckle at is the you heat me up more than the comment section in a Seattle Times article about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? I think I just, I, as much as I uh, exist in the um, Instagram space, for better or for worse, I do like the physical world better. Like I like things that you can like see and touch and hold. And so I think I was just trying to think about a way that I could take something on Seattle Walk Report and have it be like interactive in some way. Okay. And so I think I just kind of had these jokes in my head that didn't really fit in with what I was doing otherwise. And so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do these sorts of Valentine things. Um, and yeah, I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting people to uh, care about them quite as much as they seem to every year. Um, but it just kind of became a thing that, I do every year and it's a good kind of way to take observations that I've made that don't really fit in anywhere else. And what, what are, what are some of the other ones that I'm trying to think of? I'm trying to think, Oh, this last year, I think my favorite one was, um, unlike the West Seattle bridge, my love for you is structurally sound. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Perfect and then, humor. And then the other one was uh, call me Pier 58 because I'm falling for you. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one thing it that we. It just surprises me. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, one thing, sorry, that it mentioned is that unlike the majority of Seattle, including myself, you're from Seattle. Like, you've, you've lived here your whole life, right? That's right, yeah. So no, and I mean, that's a funny thing, too. I mean, um, it seems like it wasn't, it didn't used to be that unusual that people you would meet here are from here. And then it yeah. seems like it's definitely obviously shifted a lot to where it's kind of rare to actually be from here. Um, no, I mean, when I, so I moved here like, like 15 or 16 years ago. And I mm -hmm. think right away, I, it took me a while to meet someone who was like actually from here. Um, oh, but, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, so was there any, like, kind of 
like regional things that you grew up with that you kind of that maybe are lost on people that just moved here or moved here recently? Like, was there, was there anything that you grew up with that you suddenly you you realized over time that like other people didn't experience that or don't know what it is? That's a good question. Um... I'm trying to think. I mean, it is just kind of funny. Um, I mean, I think it certainly gives you a different perspective on things, especially on things like change. Um, but I can't really think of anything that I feel like, oh man, everybody totally missed out on <laughs> this particular thing. I'm always learning about funny regional things that I didn't know about. Things like I only recently learned out that, recently learned that car tabs that in other states they call them car tags or they just call them license plates like do you know about this i was shocked uh, yeah i mean where <laughs> i'm from it's the the license plate and tags yeah license plates yeah. And tags. yeah we call them exclusively tabs like if you google uh car tabs all the yeah. photos that come up are washington state related <laughs> That's and i tried to get to the bottom of why do we call them taps anyway so like i'll learn little things like that and i'll just yeah. be like what what are they doing in the rest of the world but <laughs> uh you know uh i don't know i kind of i like the idea that um that cities evolve kind of and that people come at different times and find their own meaning or lack of meaning in it all um, so I don't spend too much time, I don't think, looking backwards, even though I have a lot of, like, love and respect for history and that sort of stuff. Well, one thing that I just, I feel that is kind of getting lost is, and this is everywhere, um, is, like, regional TV. Because, like, when oh, I was growing yeah. up, there was, like, there'd be, like, local, like, TV, like, people who would host the Saturday Night Movie or, like, you know, or do, like, a little comedy show that was only playing in that area. Yeah. And now, like, no one really, I mean no everyone watches youtube like no one like watches tv that much i think yeah and seattle has such a you know rich history especially of local children's television programs and that sort of stuff um so yeah it does seem like something that's lost and i think about i mean there were a lot of people on um like maybe one of the things is like do people these days know or care about who Vern Funk is from the Vern Funk oh, commercials? Yeah, I remember you know? when that, <laughs> that actor died. I remember Yeah. It was like wow, end of an era or like whatever happened to on a like public access there was the guy who had the Kurt Cobain was murdered show. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking I, I, about that I, whole I, thing? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've actually looked that up on youtube uh there's sometimes there's some clips yeah he's his the camera is so zoomed in on his face <laughs> yeah and then most of the time it's not really about anything at all like no. uh so maybe maybe you know that's the true lost seattle or something but uh Vern funk that is something yeah i have not thought about that in a while but uh yeah when i first moved to seattle that was hilarious i loved him it was, it was yeah. great there was like a new one like almost every week yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a so, guy. So one, one, one more question, and then, then I'll let you go. Let's say Seattle Walk Report, the, the, the movie rights get sold. Okay, yeah. I want to play you in the movie adaptation of Seattle Walk Report. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, maybe, like, Helen Mirren. Or oh. like, uh, maybe, like, a John Travolta type. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> wow, I've never thought about this. It's such a good, such a good question. I guess it's um, the the question kind of stemmed from like who who do you get told that you like look like? Because you often, know, it's funny. I I don't. You don't really, get that. I can't. Yeah, I really don't get that very often. Okay. I've gotten it a little bit. Like um, I have had some people be like, "Wow, you seem really familiar to me," and then we get down to it, and it finds I find out that they know me through Seattle Walk Report so yeah. like they'll have like you look like somebody and and I don't want to be like well that's because I'm Seattle Walk Report you know <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh we don't know that or care about what you're talking about um but that's happened to me but I don't really get told very often that I look like other people who do you get told that you look like um it's I mean it's changed over the years I think it's usually what is like popular in media at the time but mm-hmm. I used to get Topher Grace a lot Okay. And like Toby Maguire, yeah, Harry Potter, um, <laughs> but those were all when I was like younger. And those movies or TV shows, like the people were just everywhere, so it was on people's mind. Once yeah. um, it was someone who worked at a coffee shop in Seattle t- uh, told me I look like Peter Parker. And oh, interesting! I did. I wanted to ask, do you mean Toby Maguire, who's portraying him? Do you mean the comics? <laughs> Like I was like I yeah, don't like what era? Like, Tell me everything. Yeah. And then the next time I saw them working, I was going to bring it up, and then I thought that would be weird to be like, "Hey, remember a week ago when you said this?" Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to let them know that you've been obsessing over it for a week. Yeah. yeah. And now it's been like you know ten years, so still thinking. Yeah. About it. Um, anyways, uh, I am so excited, uh, for your new book to come out. Um, oh, thank I'm you. Actually, I know, I know joke. I think I'm actually more excited for this one, uh, than the last one. Cause, uh, the like little tiny secret histories of cities, uh, I love, I, I, I'm really excited about it. I hope people, I hope people enjoy it and understand, you know, what I was going for and that it inspires them to kind of look at their surroundings a little bit more closely, um. It's always, it's so weird to write a book and you just don't really know how other people are going to view it. So yeah, yeah I'm excited for it to come out and be out in the world and move on. We're all. <laughs> uh, and then, and then once you're done with that, you can figure out the third part in the book trilogy. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, wait to dive back into painstaking comics work. Uh, so very good. Thank you so much. And um Have a a good night. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You too. And that is it for this week. Please tune in to KAOP AM 1045 next week for more stories from Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, and beyond. I walk alone. I walk alone.